23 minutes after 7 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our wrap of the top business stories. And, uh, of course, uh, we take a look now in company news and the latest coming out of the markets. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a shout on our WhatsApp line 60 And you can also reach us on Twitter on at Metro FM. Say use the hashtag Metro FM Talk. Akwanam Lamleli joins me now on the line and uh, yeah, to make sense of the latest out in the world of business, portfolio manager out at 27.4 Investment Managers. Akwana, good evening and welcome. Good evening to yourself, I am the listeners this evening. Hope you are. Diapi Lagunjan. No, I'm good, thank you. Thanks very much for having me this evening. Good, 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 good. Let's start out um, at Marion Roberts um, because I'm quite interested in this one. I mean, uh, management team, they're led, led by Henry Lars. Uh, and, um, yeah, I guess a lot of this in the context of um, a lot said in the construction sector. I think there's debates there. People saying, you know, the sector is a third of the size it was a decade ago. It's also suffered from, you know, issues of price fixing and collusion. Um, and there's uh, certainly been um, a shifting of the deck chairs somewhat in the world of construction. And today, this issue of the Chinese. But, you know, Marion Roberts putting out a sentence earlier on today. Um, and saying, look, they're going to sell um, 100% of their stake in Clow uh, uh, to an Italian multinational construction company. And uh, many people are saying this is the first of many disposals we might see because we also know that uh, they are a partner uh, in the Mbombela joint venture that operates the Khao train. Mm. No, correct. Uh, Marion Roberts, um, in a surprise development, um, the JC listed company announced today that it would sell its entire shareholding in Cloud Limited. And as you said, it's an Italian construction multinational called Rebuild for an approximately 350 um, Australian dollars, uh, which equates to about 4 billion rands. So there, there was a cautionary announcement um, last month by Mayor Roberts, which noted particularly that the group's working capital requirements um, were coming particularly under, um, under strain. Um, particularly in the platform of energy resources and infrastructure, mm. uh, which is the group's largest platform, um, which trades under the cloud brand. Um, and particularly as at the end of June, um, cloud made up approximately 37.2 billion um, of Mayan Roberts' um, book order. Um, so this is obviously quite significant, where Myron Roberts um, has about 59.5 billion. So the cautionary announcement that they um, um, released last month and just indicated particularly some of the project cash flows um, obviously that had come under strain due to COVID-related disruptions um, and also additional working capital arising particularly for, from two projects which have, whose margins unfortunately had deteriorated um, in, in the last couple of years. So in the statement today, they obviously announced a proposed sale and purchase agreement with Rebuild. And as you indicated, the CEO reported the group has reviewed particularly several strategic options mm. um, just to address the cloud's urgent working capital needs. And however, the board has concluded that the transaction, particularly with Rebuild, was the preferred course of action um, going forward. And, and I guess, you know, the other bigger question associated with this moment is, you know, with the order book um, in some difficult and challenging moments, We've seen in the last while that uh, mining construction has been driving a lot of their uh, growth in in that order book going forward. Um, Softer prices might mean, I guess, a lot more miners thinking through capital investment of refurbishing, repurposing shafts and so on. 
Yeah, so I think when Marion Roberts um, brought into cloud, um, I think it did represent um, them wanting just to restructure, particularly Marion Roberts' main growth engine uh, with international mining um, and with the Southern Africa focused construction units um, and some of the uh, mining operations um, just in our neighboring countries. Um, but unfortunately, particularly with the sale of cloud, um, this would reduce particularly the size of Marion Roberts and could obviously make it less attractive um, to institutional investors, um, particularly as a listed company. Um, its market cap could be less than 10 billion rand um, and therefore obviously make Marion Roberts a potential again for a takeover target. So um, I think obviously quite an interesting development, but um, as you alluded, the construction sector um, continues to obviously um, suffer with the challenges, book orders being down, um, infrastructure challenges, and also know with the development, particularly in the news the last two days, with the Chinese groups getting some of the tenders, particularly for Samuel, and, and obviously just bringing the competitive um, environment, particularly for the sector, for very concentrated projects that are taking place in South Africa. Yeah, and let's uh, maybe shift away from the construction sector. Must be nice uh, to be a member of OPEC Plus uh, because, uh, yeah, uh, you effectively, I guess, uh, play a bit of a game with uh, this cost of living crisis. And uh, they're saying uh, what they feel is the right price for them is between 90 US dollars to 100 US dollars a barrel. Um, and that has massive implications, not just for central bankers, but um, for members of the public as well who have to deal with the implications of um, much, much higher fuel prices than what we might have experienced over the last few years? Yeah, so OPEC um, plus the supply cuts, which um, started to take effect, particularly from the beginning of November, um, have obviously continued to push prices, crude oil prices, um, closer to that $100 a barrel mark, um, which obviously has very much put strain particularly on markets, but um, at the end of the day could um, result in detrimental price um, increases being passed on to consumers. Um, so particularly for about a month, the group has been obviously in statement in stabilizing all markets. So they've cut production costs, um, obviously in an effort to just stabilize markets. Um, but I think it obviously was not received well, particularly when they did announce this uh, production cut. If you recall, the U.S. president um, Joe Biden um, just criticizing particularly the OPEC region and, and countries for the for obviously the cut that took place. Um, but I think what's more also pertinent is that we've seen um, the cut um, put pressure not only on um, the consumers, but we've also seen the U.S. Um, draw down some of their strategic stockpiles, which have come down, um, and they'll obviously need to restock. Um, we've also seen the likes of your China, um, who have obviously been sourcing such as, such as India, who has been sourcing some of their crude oil um, from the likes of Russia. Um, so obviously this is a, a space that continues to be very much a, a, a challenging space, particularly in the region of the um, energy, energy sphere. So we do hope to see what happens because we know the areas such as Europe um, are competing particularly for scarce global supplies, um, which as they're currently in their winter season um, are currently struggling. And obviously to replace Russia um, is proving to be quite a difficult and and quite a difficult challenge. I'm not sure whether, you know, um, there's a... And I'm thinking now as OPEC. I mean, if I was a member of OPEC, um, you know, um, Nigeria, Qatar, uh, Angola and others, 
I'm not sure if wanting to increase prices, because I think the fear there is in the markets, it seems at the moment, is that there might be an increase of prices over and above what might be that psychological barrier of 100 US dollars a barrel. Um, And especially in a context where the Chinese economy is still very much locked down, uh, Mm. the the looming prospect of a global recession, I mean, even the IMF um, is calling this particular one. And uh, I think for all intents and purposes, it's quite clear that on the demand side of the economy, not just here in South Africa, but globally, uh, that uh, you might see a recession coming down the pike. Um, and I, th- I don't think a recession probably does them any wonders insofar as future pricing of fuel is concerned because that might sort of deepen the uh, decline in demand for what it is that they sell. Um, and we might even have a supply glut in the Brent crude oil market. What do you think of, of that? Yeah, I think it's a very much uh, good analysis, um, particularly for the small regions. But I think um, the likes of Angola and very much um, Nigeria are very much very commodity-driven um, markets. Mm. Um, but I think in the sphere of OPEC, they're very much a small component uh, with the Saudis very much making up, um, obviously, the conversation and obviously directing particularly some of the decisions. Um, so they're very much, obviously, price takers at the moment and obviously don't have much say. Um, but if that does happen, with, which is indicated um, going into a slow growth economy, but I think what they... Um, OPEC nation is banking upon is with the Chinese economy getting out of this glut, particularly um, of the COVID environment and opening up the economy. And I think they're counting on that particularly demand to come through. Um, but also the demand has also been very much pertinent, particularly in India side, who's very much made use um, particularly of the Russian discount in terms of the barrel um, crude or barrel prices. So approximately um, it's about a 20 to $30 um, dollar discount that India is currently getting, particularly from Russia. Um, so um, it, it is quite a difficult one for the smaller guys to obviously play, um, but I think they, their voices, um, although they may be heard, um, I think the bigger nations do drive their agenda. Yeah, and I guess that uh, is certainly nothing new. Uh, in the world of uh, fuel uh, that uh, many of these larger producers, in particular Saudi Arabia, I guess um, certainly drives this particular uh, agenda. But um, at a geopolitical level, just before we leave this particular story, um, what do you make of some of the murmurs Joe Biden has made, saying, look, this thing that uh, Saudi Arabia is leading here of uh, successive production cuts uh, in Brent crude oil inadvertently supports the Russian offensive out in Ukraine? Yeah, I think it obviously, um, they obviously are quite the allies, but also um, foes in some of the ways. So the, when the news did come out of the production cut, um, I think he, Joe Biden, did make his voice heard in terms of his displeasement, particularly to the um, pr- uh, production cut. Um, but I think, um, yes, Russia is part of the OPEC uh, nations and obviously a big com- component of that. Um, but I think with the OPEC countries being very much a dominant figure uh, and a crucial figure, particularly to global economy with the production and supply of crude oil to various nations, the majority of nations, um, I think that could obviously play into Russia's hands and obviously could help them. Um, although, um, particularly, I think in December, I think they're finalizing it where a lot of the regions that have put sanctions um, on Russia will be implementing further sanctions from um, the 1st of December. 
um, which could obviously put further embargoes of shipment of crude oil and uh, coming into regions such as the EU. Mm-hmm. How come you have wrestling? Not anymore, hey. When I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> Look, same here, right? And I never... Look, I mean, so I used to watch it and then at some stage I just, like, you know, outgrew it, I think. Um, yeah. It was really, like, rehearsed combat kind of thing. Uh, but I was always shocked, like, how older people, like my grandmother and others, would be so glued in. Um, and I don't know why I go see my citizens in wrestling is, you know, such a fascinating and an entertaining thing. Yeah, no, it's kind of interesting. Um, well, when I was younger, I used to watch it with the so-called Steve Austin the guy who used to undertake us. No, Brock Lesnar. Well, it seems they're coming to the continent uh, after a long time. I mean, Kunini Bukelu wrestling in Africa, mm-hmm. but we've never been able to see our own people there. I mean, Abu Temba, Abu Kwame, you know, uh, Abu Mohammed. We, we certainly haven't. Yeah, and it's very much big in the, in the African space and particularly in the continent. So the wrestling, world wrestling entertainment um, is planning to make its way particularly to the continent of Africa um, with trials and talent searches um, in regions such as uh, Nigeria, um, which will take place from at the beginning of next month. Um, so this obviously is a partnership with uh, Multi-Choices um, Super Sports, um, who will be the local broadcast partner, particularly for this initiative and partnership um, that WWE is trying to make um, its inroads, particularly in Africa. Um, but we've also seen other sporting divisions, um, such as the NFL, um, NBA, mm. um, also come into the continent and um, also just trying to um, grow their sports. Um, maybe the NBA has done it more successfully, but the um, football National Football League has not quite made it um, particularly at the tip of Africa, as South Africa specifically, we're very much rugby-loving fans, although this past weekend's results um, was quite difficult to, to swallow. So it will be interesting to see the, the growth that will take place from this um, and if these um, African talents that they do um, find and are able to groom can make it onto the global space. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I mean, it's not only just about what people watch and the broadcasting money, but there's also a lot of money like in apparel, the merchandise, like his keeper and all manner of other things. Uh, so it certainly is um, a rather lucrative ecosystem, uh, the ecosystem of uh, uh, wrestling. And uh, yeah, we'll certainly see whether or not uh, an African flavor to WWE will uh, you know, a change how indeed it is received and the scale with which it's received, not just here on the continent, but across the world. But just as we wrap up, Akona Ngubano Hashpapi. Yo, hi. I think he was very much peer pressured by Instagram Live. Hey? So Who, who's Hashpapi? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's an Instagram influencer, who was an Instagram influencer, who very much blows out and flaunted his wealth on social media and, and referred to himself as Hashpapi. Um, so his real name is Ramon Abbas um, and has been sentenced, uh, unfortunately, um, yesterday in Los Angeles for 135 months for pleading guilty um, last year for conspiracy to engage in money laundering, um, which included helping um, North Korean hackers launder money and also attempts to steal more than $1.3 billion um, through cyber-enabled bank heists. Um, so that has caught up with him, unfortunately, um, and he has pled um, guilty to some of these charges um, in this plea agreement. Um, he did admit to uh, setting up accounts in Romania, Bulgaria, 
um, for other convicted money launderers um, and also just in other regions such as setting up multi-bank heists, which he also laundered money through. So, yeah, it was very much a, a fraud and money laundering operation. Uh, but as, as people have followed him, was flaunting his wealth with the likes of your Rolls Royce, your Ferraris on Instagram. Uh, but unfortunately, his actions have caught up with him, which he'll be spending about the next 11 years um, in prison. Sure. Oh, hush puppy. Hi, guys. I guess it's a lesson to all of us, you know. Uh, not only to make sure you do not get scammed, but don't be the scammer. Correct. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Akwana, always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks.